absolutely love your pastors. I love you. I'm honored to be here. God gave me a word for you. You may be seated. I want to greet all the campuses, all the centers that are tuning in right now live. There's a word that God placed in my spirit for you. And it stems from Genesis chapter 8. It's a story that is very well known, of course. But there's a take to this. Genesis chapter 8. Let me jump around and read some verses. Let me begin with verse 1. But God remembered Noah. How many are grateful that God never forgets about you? I mean, aren't you grateful? But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock with him in the boat. I'm going to go to verse 6. After another 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in the boat and released a raven. Somebody shout raven. The bird flew back and forth until the floodwaters on the earth had dried up. He similarly, he likewise released a dove. Somebody shout dove. To see if the water had receded and it could find dry ground. But the dove could find no place to land because the water still covered the ground. So it returned to the boat and Noah held out his hand and drew the dove back inside. Verse 10. After waiting another seven days, Noah released the dove again. This time, somebody shout this time. This time the dove returned to him in the evening with a fresh olive leaf in its beak. Then no one knew the floodwaters were almost gone. Verse 21. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of sacrifice, his praise, and said, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race. I will never again destroy all living things. I want to speak to you briefly this morning on the subject matter now next, never again. Now, next, never again. The subtext would be Noah's window with, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. And the second subtitle would be the raven and the dove. I want you to look at your neighbor, the one you like the most, and tell him the raven and the dove. Tell your other neighbor, the one you tolerate, and, and tell that neighbor the raven and the dove. If you're taking any notes, let me lay out the foundational premise. Here's the story. You well know it very well. It's the story of God and Noah and the flood. Humanity was living, embracing every single vestige of moral relativism and cultural decadence, spiritual apathy. Humanity was going to hell in the proverbial handbasket. Things were messed up. Things were dark. It was disruptive. Something similar to the 21st century around the world. And the Lord was just fed up. And God said, enough is enough. So he speaks to his servant Noah. And he gives him a plan and says, look, I'm going to send my judgment upon the face of the earth. And he gave Noah some specific instructions on how to get out of that judgment. The Bible says that God favored Noah because he was righteous. Noah, there it is. He was righteous. Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. I want you to hear me. He favored Noah because he did the right thing. You can't purchase God's favor on Amazon Prime. You can't buy this kind of godly favor on, on Google. You can't go on the internet. You can't take a selfie and get God's favor. You can't tweet something and acquire the favor of God. If you want the favor the Bible lays out, here's what you have to do. Live in the will of God, according to the word of God, worshiping our holy God, and favor will follow you. 
I'm going to say that one more time. If you want that kind of favor, and I am believing that there's favor coming to your family, to your home, to your marriage, to your ministry, to your calling, to your anointing, to your job. To, I'm going to say it. There's favor falling upon you and your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children. And if you want that favor, all you have to do is talk like Jesus, love like Jesus, forgive like Jesus, deliver like Jesus, heal like Jesus, rebuke like Jesus, rescue like Jesus, think like Jesus, live like Jesus, and you will never ever have to pursue favor. Favor will follow you. Because God favors the righteous. So Genesis 6.22 Noah did everything God instructed him, precisely as God commanded him. Because the God of the outcome is the same God of the process. Let me say that one more time for the hearing impaired. The God of the outcome is the same God of the process. The process is temporary, but the promise is permanent. Do not make, there's no way I could have been preaching 20 minutes already. They gave me 15 minutes. And I know I started preaching 4 minutes and 11 seconds. So that must be a glitch. Somebody fix that. The countdown clock is down to 15 minutes and I just started. So there's no way I just did 20 minutes. So in the name of Jesus, fix that right now by the power of God. So, so do not confuse what you're going through with where you're going to. And I want to remind somebody here, if you're going through what you've never been through before, it's only because you're about to conquer what you've never conquered before. I'm going to say that one more time. If you're going through what you've never been through before, instead of whining, instead of crying, I need you to put a shout on your lip and a praise out of your mouth. Because if you've been through what you've never been through before, it's only because you are about to occupy what you've never occupied before. If you believe that, shout like you know that's something awesome. But it has to do what you're doing now, what you do now. What you do now determines what you will see next. Your now is not your next. Somebody say, my now is not my next. But what the Bible says that Noah did something in his now that led to the next. And it's what we do now that will determine what we will see next. Even though the now is not the next, what we do now will determine what we will see next. Well, let me explain. Your now is about preparation. Your next is about revelation. Your now is about sowing. Your next is about reaping. Your now is your test. Your next is your testimony. Your now is the battle. Your next is the breakthrough. Your now is about faith. Your next is about favor. Your now is about order. Your next is about overflow. I need you to repeat after me. My now is not my next. But what I do now will determine what I will see next. Matter of fact, what you say now 
what you pray now, what you praise now, what you love now, what you forgive now, what you bind now, what you release now, what you confess now, what you hold on to now, what you let go of now, what you declare now, what you read now will determine what you will see next. I dare you to open up your mouth and say, my now is getting ready for something awesome. My now is getting ready for something amazing. My now is getting ready for something exceptional. My now is getting ready for something unprecedented. Now, 2 Corinthians 6.2, now is the time of salvation. Isaiah 33, verse 10, now I will arise, says the Lord. Now I will be exalted. Now I will be lifted up. So he prepared his now for his next. And then he did something. Number three is when the rain stops, let me explain. Y'all know the story. It started to rain. and So Noah got the ark. He built the ark. And you privy to the narrative. But let me, let me show you a little illustration here. Before the rain came, Noah built the ark here. He started here. After the rain and after the flood, after the 40 days and nights, Noah was no longer here. Noah ended up here. Mount Ararat was one of the highest peaks of the world. Now, I want to do this one more time. Before the rain, Noah was here. After the rain stopped, after the flood, Noah and his family ended up not just here, but in the highest place. So I'm speaking to anyone who is going through anything right now. When the rain stops, you need to text people that know what you're going through. And you need to tell them, I know that you know what I'm going through. But let me warn you, when this is over... When this is over, let me warn you, don't look for me where you last saw me. You're not going to find me where you saw me last time. When this is over, if you want to find me, look up. God is taking me to a higher place. Look up. God is taking me to a higher place. Somebody shout, I'm not staying where I'm at. I'm going to the high place. I'm going to a better place. I'm not going from problem to problem. As for me and my house, we are going from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Yeah, because we are seated with him. We are seated with him. Ephesians 2, 6, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So he got to the place, and, and the Bible says that it stopped. He opened up the window, and he released the raven. And so he released the raven, and yeah, mm-hmm. And then subsequently, he released the dove, and and... Yeah, the Bible doesn't say that 
and Noah stepped out following the indicative markings of the raven. Nope. He only stepped out when the dove. He never followed the raven. He only followed when the dove brought back proof of life. Oh, you missed it there for a second there, sunshine. Let me explain right now because the raven is not a dove. It's not the same thing. The raven is a scavenger. It looks and it feeds on dead things. The raven is connected to death, to cadavers, to the rotting, to the old. But Noah did not come out following the raven. He came out following the dove. And I don't know about you, but the Bible in Mark chapter 1 verse 10 says, And Jesus came out of the water. He saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him. Not like a raven. But like a dove, what am I telling you? That to this day, oh South Africa, to this day, there are two types of people in South Africa. Those that follow the raven and those that follow the dove. And there is a difference between the raven and the dove. The difference between the raven and the dove is the difference between the pathetic and the prophetic. The raven is about the old. The dove is about the new. The raven reminds you of your past. The dove leads you to your future. The raven points to the hell you went through. The dove prepares you for the heaven you're going to. The raven perpetuates fear. The dove ignites faith. The raven says, you're a victim. The dove says, you are more than a conqueror through Christ. The raven says, look what the devil did. The dove shouts, look what the Lord has. Are there any dove people in the house here today? So I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus, put a, put a smile on your face. But here's the word of the Lord right now, this very moment for you. Ooh, I'm here to declare to you right here, right now, once and for all, put a smile on your face because your raven season is over once and for all. I'm going to say it loud. Your season of saying dead dreams, of seeing dead marriages, dead integrity, dead faith, dead finances, dead anointing, dead circumstances, dead children, dead marriages, dead communities. Your raven season is over. Somebody shout, here is the dove, the Holy Spirit. Here comes the dove. Here comes the dove. So I'm believing by the time you get home, you will no longer see ravens. I'm going to say that one more time. You're no longer going to see dead holiness and dead joy and dead peace. You're going to see the dove and the fruit of the dove, which is the working of the Holy Spirit. I dare you to raise your right hand and repeat after me. The raven dies with my generation. Say it like you believe it. The raven of addiction dies in my generation. The raven of alcoholism dies in my generation. The raven of adultery dies in my generation. The raven of hatred dies in my generation. I, I want you to say it. The raven of diabetes and cancer and heart disease die with my generation. The raven of poverty, the raven of depression, the raven of Goliath and Delilah, the raven of anxiety and fear and confusion my, die with my generation. 
My children will not be known by the raven. My children will follow the dove. If you believe that, shout like you know that your children. And your children's children will follow the dove. Galatians 5.16, we are not led by the flesh. We're led by the spirit of God. And if you ever see a raven again, if I, if I were to tell you, you're never going to see a raven. Hold on a second, sunshine. Because there may be a moment in 1 Corinthians 17, 6, the prophet Elijah was hungry. And the Bible says that God used ravens to bring him bread and meat. Ooh, what does that mean? If you see a raven, it will not be a raven that will be there. You will not be led by the raven. You will be fed by the raven. What does that mean? It only means that the things that cost you harm in your past will bring you joy and blessings in your future. Are you with me right now? So, so he came out and this is what happened. Let me show you. Let me show you. He came out. When, when the dove brought... Here's right here. This is, this is, this is, this is, the dove brought back a fresh, one version says a fresh olive leaf, another one says a fresh olive branch. Regardless, it's just an extension of an olive tree. Now, this is important because you got to do your Google due diligence on this one. Because 40 days and 40 nights, ladies and gentlemen, a flood covered that. Let me explain to you something. An olive tree does not grow in 40 days. Matter of fact, if you do your Google due diligence right now, it says a minimum of 5 to 12 years, but in order to reap a complete yield, it takes 60 years. I went to Israel where this message was inspired. That's how that message came along. And the agriculture person that was telling us took us to an olive orchard, looked at us and said, hey guys, a group of pastors, and said, how do you think are the oldest olive trees over there? And some of us said 50, 60, 70 years old. Somebody said 100. She laughed. She went, ha, ha, ha. It was a Jewish lady, amazing lady. She, she said, no, over there, there are some olive trees that we've dated back to 14, 1,500 years ago. And I said, what? She said, why do you think the olive trees are the resilient trees? Because they overcome floods. They overcome fires. They overcome droughts. She goes, out of all the trees on planet Earth, if there's a tree that would survive, absolutely anything would be an olive tree. And, and I'm going like, are you kidding me? She says, yeah, because the secret is not necessarily in the tree. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 52, verse 8, I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God, committed to God's unfailing love. She says, the reason is this. The olive, the trees, the roots are embedded within the rocks. So the roots actually marry the rock. So underneath the ground, the roots are actually married within the rocks. And they begin to grow within the rock. She goes, here's the secret. As long as the rock does not move, the tree will live. I'm, I'm here to tell you, as long as Jesus, the rock, is on the throne. As long as Jesus, the rock, is on the throne. You don't have to worry about your family. You don't have to worry about your destiny. You don't have to worry about your future. As long as Jesus, how many know that Jesus is the rock of our salvation? By the way, it's out of the olive tree comes the olive. When you squeeze the olive, you get olive oil. And the olive oil is symbolic of what? 
Symbolic of what? The anointing. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what storm, what flood you've been through. I'm here to tell you that there's something that survived your storm. I'm going to say it one more time. The devil tried to take away your sanity, try to take away your peace, try to take away some, but there's something he cannot take away. The anointing that God has placed upon your life cannot, I'm going to say that loud. You may have lost your sanity, you may have lost relationships, you may have lost some money, but there's something that you still have. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is still yours. If you're still anointed, I want you to shout like you're still anointed. I'm going to say it one more time. If you've been through something, but you're still anointed and you're still blessed, and if you're still anointed, praise like you're still anointed. I dare you to lift up both hands. Stand with me. You are standing. Stand with me. Repeat after me. I've been through a process, but I'm still anointed. I've been through the flood, but I'm still anointed. Say with me, the anointing survived a storm. God's purpose for my life survived a storm. 1 John 2.27 says that the anointing, the Holy Spirit lives within you. The anointing is within you. I want you to lift up your hands right now. So God brought me all the way from California because I love Pastor, Pastor Otten. Pastor Nyreta and I love this church. He brought me this morning to tell you that your raven season is over. I'm here to tell you that you and your family will not be following the raven from this moment on. The only one you will follow is the spirit of the living God, is the dove from this moment on. And that there's an anointing that survived. Look up here for a second. As you stand with me, he... He came out and he built an altar of praise and he began to praise. He began to praise. The Bible says that God listened to his praise and God said never again. I, wa I want you to put this in perspective. God listened to Noah's praise. He received the sacrifice, read it, and the Lord said never again. There is a praise that comes out of a storm survivor that has the power to prompt heaven to say never again. There is a praise inside of you. You don't praise like other people. You don't worship like other people. You've been through a process. You've been through a journey. You're not like others. And because of that, there is a praise inside of you that will prompt God to say, never again. Not only never again, read the next verse. Genesis chapter 9 verse 1. God tells him, prosper, multiply, and fill the earth. So I want you to get ready. If you survived your flood, if you're no longer following the raven but only the dove, if you understand that the anointing survived the storm, if you give God that praise, not just any religious praise, but the kind of praise that prompts God to say never again I'm declaring upon you to get ready prosperity multiplication and fulfillment are coming your way I'm gonna count to three if that's you only if you've been through something if you haven't been through anything sit down close your hands go on Facebook and Instagram but if you've been through something when I count to three I want you to give God the kind of praise that'll prompt heaven to say your family will never again go through that your children will never again Again, your descendants will never are you ready never again never again will you be the tail and not the head never again will you be broken busted and disgusted ready 
One, two, three, give God that shout. <laughs>